TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates Father's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We're going to talk Anthony Lynn in just one minute here, but we got to hear the chorus of this love song Landfill has picked. Have you noticed that Landfill hasn't played any of the love songs we've all requested? Yeah, I put them in the the thing. There's so many love songs. It went but, from three options to four well, because you guys to ask us if we don't play. The he one does let us pick, but only with a random numeric value. I didn't. I didn't Turn ask for any requests. Fight for your honor. You never heard this with Jay? I think I've heard this. Yes, sweet. Where's this dude from? England. Well, he's in a band called Chicago. Chicago seems like a good guess. Peter Cetera. This song is beat. I'm going on record. What? This song sucks. This song is good, though. He's from Chicago. 79 years old. He was in the band, Chicago. Um, That's enough on this, dude. Let's talk football. Uh, My friend Chris Hare joining us right now from Los Angeles, California. Chris, what's going on, dude? Thanks for making time. Hey, man. Always a pleasure talking to you. Um, when I woke up on the West Coast to the news that Coach Lynn was going to D.C., man, big smile on my face. One of the best guys I've ever been around. Mm. I, I love to hear that. So I love it. You are now in L.A. working at um, KCAL, obviously. But prior to yeah. that, you, you worked for the Chargers. and I Yep. Dude, yeah. so, I mean, you've got to know Anthony Lynn pretty damn well, I'm guessing. Yeah, my my first season with the Chargers, so I, and I still host our, our Chargers weekly podcast, um, but my first year with the Chargers was the first year they moved up to Los Angeles, which was Coach Lynn's first year. And let's just start from the beginning, because this is a guy who was hired in San Diego and had to really just kind of oversee a complete move to another city, um, practicing in different facilities and just, you know, it, it goes well beyond just what a rookie head coach should have to go through. Right. Mm-hmm. You start the year, you start the year own four and, and then all of a sudden it just, it, it clicks. And, you know, I, I just remember that year they, they beat the bills 54, 24. They were playing some of the best ball in the NFL um, I think they beat Washington that year too, pretty good. Um, oh, that was a thumping. That was at the soccer yeah. stadium. That was at the soccer stadium. And they, but Sean Breeland, the- you remember that game, B? <laughs> I think I think the the skins were down like forty five to nothing, and Breeland ran a pick six back, and they did a huge celebration in the end zone. I love yeah, why Sean. not? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but you know, so, so they end the year nine and seven. Buffalo gets in on a crazy tiebreaker. They should have made the playoffs. The next year they go twelve and four, um, and just play just lights out football the entire year. Um, and then you had some, some uneven years, but I'll just say this about coach Lynn, one of the best people I've been around, one of the best leaders that I think this game has seen when it comes to just being an assistant coach, he's, he's been around the block. He, he comes from the school of Parcells and Sean Payton. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, you just, you, a guy like that 
you know, even you just add him to that San Francisco staff the past couple of years, what they were able to do and just having that experience to lean on. Um, the players swear by him. And, and B-Mitch knows this. When you play the game and you've won and you've won a couple Super Bowls, you know, it, that, that makes a difference in a locker room, especially with a coach. We have a lot of coaches in this league who have not played the game. And I think there's something to be said about a guy like Coach Lynn who's been around the game as a player, uh, different positions, has been a head coach, and now can go in that locker room and just command absolute respect. Well, well, so one thing about coaches, we a lot of people look at just the X's and O's. I yeah. look at those, those intricate things that they have, the, like the great assets. What would you say is his best asset as far as getting to his team? It's just his ability to connect with everybody on the team, offense, defense, special teams. Like I, I think that's the biggest thing. He, he, he really – pours everything into his players and you know x's and o's are one thing i mean he, he was an offensive coordinator in buffalo before mm-hmm. he came to the chargers but you know i think when you pair him up with the cliff kingsbury and you know he, he can bring some elements of what they did in san francisco obviously you know dan quinn knows kyle shanahan pretty well um and, and to to bring somebody who's just coming off of that system um ha- has ideas in terms of things that worked, things that didn't work but also just that, that credibility in the locker room, man. Like, I, I just – I know how much that means. And, and I think his ability to connect with guys and be able to, to be frank with guys, you know, he doesn't pull any punches. Um, but he loves his players. And, and I think that's probably his biggest quality. Um, I, I'm sorry to do this. I had to do this. So I looked it up. That game where you and I both worked at the soccer stadium in L.A., the skins were down 30-6. to six. And, yeah. and Breland, <laughs> Breland got a 96-yard pick six and went with two and a half minutes left in the game. They're down 30-6 to six and went nuts in the end zone. I'll never was, forget did, that moment. The, hey, was, cornerbacks, was, baby. Was, was Phillip Rivers even in the game at that point? I feel like it was like Kellen Clemens or something. Dude, I, I, I hey, think it was like the back that is the that is the Yo, it was reputation of a cornerback, though. Oh, my God. They had benched Rivers. Rivers <laughs> Rivers had gone for 320 with two touchdowns. They put Clemens in on his third attempt. He gets picked six yeah, by Brady. Yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> uh, told you. Nobody, <laughs> nobody on the planet has more irrational confidence than NFL defensive backs. <laughs> you um, lie about that, dog. So, Chris, I want to get back to uh, Anthony Lynn. That, what a moment that was, though. Electric. Um <laughs> Uh, Lynn, specifically, I dug up, and I really appreciate you messaging me, by the way, and I know that it's early in the morning there, and I gave you about six minutes of prep time for this interview. So, sincerely, <laughs> No worries. Um, I, I looked this up. Justin Herbert was drafted as Anthony Lynn. They had some really good years with Rivers. Then Rivers falls apart. Then they draft Herbert. Herbert spoke glowingly of Lynn at the end of season press conference before they knew they were going to fire him, right? Um, yeah. What was Lynn's role in Herbert's development that rookie season? Well, it was huge, and I think there was a lot of, like, uh, misinterpretation at the beginning of the year because if you remember, Tyrod Taylor started the year, and this was the COVID year, and this was a year where you don't have preseason, and, you know, it's a rookie quarterback, and there's just a lot that goes into being a rookie quarterback anyway, and then you take into consideration that it's a pandemic and you know, you don't have preseason, you don't have a lot of reps. So, you know, Coach Lynn felt comfortable rolling with Tyrod. They won their first game. And then I'll never forget the second game. I, I, this was – sorry, but my daughter's homesick today, if you guys can hear in the background. But, Dude, that is okay. Um, oh, and they, they uh, run things. We know that. 
No, they run the show. But the, the second, the second, uh, the second game was it, it, at SoFi Stadium, but it was without fans, and nobody had any context as to why Justin Herbert rolled out there to start the game. And that was the that was the uh, game where Tyrod took the shot and didn't go well. And so you know, I thought it was just like a trick play to start the game with Justin. And then he he ended up just lighting it up. They lose in overtime. And you know they started to go with with Coach Lynn from or, uh, with Herbert from then on. So um, what they were able to do with Shane Steichen and Pep Hamilton at the controls, and obviously Coach Lynn's offensive background. I mean, uh, Justin Herbert had the best offensive rookie quarterback season of anybody. Um, and then I see what's going on in April at number two overall. I mean, I, I think it's I think it's good to have a guy in the room who has been through that type of experience with a rookie quarterback. And you know, you know, obviously you'll see what what Washington does at number two overall. But uh, by all indications, a new signal caller is coming in, and I think it's good to have that experience with a guy like Anthony Lynn in the building. Well, you see, like uh, Dan Quinn comes in, he has Kingsbury on the staff, former head coach. He has Lynn on the staff, former head coach. And he has Ken Norton, who's been in the league forever since he stopped playing. I think he's been the coach. Having yeah. all those all those coaches with experience doesn't that take a lot of pressure off of the head coach, I think so. And you know, like I listen, I've I've I was I've been covering the Chargers the last couple of years with, with Coach Staley, and uh, I have a lot of respect for Coach Staley. But you know, he was a first time head coach and didn't really have anybody on that staff that has been there, done that. Um, you know, and I think I think it's twofold with Coach Lynn. You know, winning Super Bowls with with Shanahan as a player, um, just going at a going to a Super Bowl with Kyle Shanahan. And being a head coach, you know, knowing everything that comes across your desk. So to have an experienced staff like that, you know, I just I remember listening to Dan Quinn's introductory presser about he he needs to stop doing as much as he did in Atlanta. And to have guys like that to take stuff off of his plate, man, I, I think that speaks volumes as to what he's learned as a head coach and, and what he needs to do moving forward for sure. Yeah, it's going to be pretty fascinating. I mean, being out on the West Coast, and I know you cover the Chargers, but I know you're also at Rams games. What did you make of, of Kingsbury during his time running the Cardinals operation? Well, he had or that hell, one he was in South, Southern Cal, too. He was a Southern Cal, yeah. Well, you know, people forget he was a Southern Cal for like a cup of coffee as the offensive coordinator before he got the job with the Cardinals. Like, he, he, was, he was named the OC under Clay Helton for like a month, and then the Cardinals scoop him up and, and bring him in as the head coach. And, you know, listen, it, you know, it, it was up and down, but he did have that 11-5 and five season with Kyler Murray, and nobody's going to dispute his X's and O's and his pedigree as a play caller. Um, so, again, it's just – it's more experience too, man. Like, again, you, you bring in Lynn Kingsbury. Those guys have literally sat in that chair, and they know their roles on this staff. Um, so – you know, I, I remember that the Rams beat up the, the Cardinals pretty good in the playoff game where the Rams eventually won the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, but but listen, um, when you when you put together and identify the right coaching staff, you're looking for for coaches who can take the rein and and really take hold of certain responsibilities that a head coach simply can't do because there's just there's too much that go, comes across your desk. So Anthony Lynn and and Kingsbury on one side of the football, I think that's a winning formula. Um, let let's go kind of two things I want to talk about. One more Chargers, and I again appreciate you making time for us. Um, we're talking with our friend Chris Hare from LA. You can give him a follow at Chris Hare. 
C H R I S H A Y R E. Um, how's it going with Harbaugh, dude? It's amazing. Uh, listen, <laughs> I, I was there. I was there. I was there at the presser. Um, I never seen anything like it. He's um, different. You, you, yeah, he's different, <laughs> uh, but in like the best way possible for this franchise. Like. Uh, normally, a, a, a head coach press conference would be down at the practice facility. They did it at YouTube Theater right next to SoFi Stadium. It was that big of a deal. Um, I Damn, walked really? in. <laughs> yeah, I, I walked into the to the theater. First thing you see is just Harbaugh-isms everywhere. Who's got it better than us? Enthusiasm Nobody. unknown to mankind. Like, and then he just he just he just controlled the room for an hour. Just funny thing. I mean, it was hilarious. It was it was this. The Chargers needed that because. You know, as you guys know, in L.A., there's two of everything. It starts with the Lakers and Dodgers, and then everybody else kind of falls into place. So you have to win. So to bring in a guy like Harbaugh, who's a who's a winner, who's a name brand, um, I really think that February 1st, that, that introductory press conference, was the day that like, the Chargers arrived in L.A. Like, they have a brand-new practice facility in El Segundo right next to the Lakers and Kings. They bring in Harbaugh. You got your franchise quarterback. You have the fifth overall pick. Um, you got some players on defense. They have some salary cap issues that they're going to have to figure out, namely with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen and, and Joey Bosa and, and Khalil Mack. But, mm. I mean, it's – and he's putting together a heck of a staff as well. Um, you know, you bring in Jesse Minter, uh, the, the D.C. from Michigan. You know, Greg Roman's going to come in and, you know, he, he's, he's a run heavy. With, with I, you know what? I, I actually like it. I actually like it because uh, – they, the one thing that this team has lacked since Justin Herbert's been here is a running game. They've been worse than the NFL. Yeah. So if if you can just change the identity as a running team and and not let Justin Herbert be Superman every every play, because like there was just too much pressure on the guy. I, I think that you can really. I, I don't think Roman's going to be as run heavy as he's been in the past, just because he's got a weapon like Justin Herbert. You know, so. I like the hire because I think that that's what they need. They needed a, a physicality and identity that they simply just didn't have the last few years. I think John, Jim will pull him back. John was so defensive-minded that he allowed Roman to run it. Don't let him run it by himself because he'll try to run the ball 55 times a game. Yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah Jim, Jim's going to have some say in that. Like, like when, you have, when you have somebody as gifted as Herbert, uh, it, it would be criminal to run the ball like – 60% of the time, 65% of the time, right? You got, you got to let him do his thing. Um, Chris, before we let you go, you are, I believe you're a Northern Virginia guy from way back, right? Yeah. Way back in the day. Um, and I know what there's you, pr- 30 years old. Listen, I, think, I think Chris is about my age. I had season tickets as a kid. I used to watch B Mitchell RFK, man. Since I was I, like, literally I, I went to every single game. You as a sound kid. so much younger than JP though. He's way better looking, too. Uh, like, no, no, like, no. I, I can be on TV in D.C. I couldn't cut it in L.A. You got to be good looking out there. Um, oh, man. I, I threw my, hey, B-bitch, I threw my seat cushion in the Atlanta game in 91 oh, wow, on wow, the ground. That. That's, that's, that's how far I go back. Oh, man. <laughs> so, dude, here's what I want to ask you. I know that you're watching what the commanders are doing from afar. What do you think of the Dan Quinn decision and kind of the staff they've built out since then? I think a lot was made about the coaching search and, you know, it was kind of much ado about nothing. Like Dan Quinn's name has been in head coaching circles for the last couple of years. And um, I don't look at it so much as a retread. I look at it as a guy who had success, went to a Super Bowl, um, and really like 
did a self-evaluation of himself and what he needed to do the next time around, which he, he explained and outlined in the presser. So, you know, I, I, I like the hire and it's, you guys know more than anything. It's, it's not just the high coach, it's the staff that you put together. You like, uh, you know, like with Jim Harbaugh, it's not just Jim Harbaugh. Like he's bringing in Jesse Minter. He's bringing in Ben Herbert, the strength and conditioning coach of Michigan. Like all that stuff matters. So, um, to, to put together a staff that that includes a couple of former head coaches and just just having that experience of being being in the Super Bowl. I mean, it, knowing the division, right? Like, th- there's a lot of positivity there, and having a, a general manager that you can be in lockstep with, having the number two overall pick, having a, a, a ton of picks in the top 100. I mean, you can really build this thing from the ground up with a guy who's who's proven to to have been able to get his team to the playoffs and get to a Super Bowl. The man wins football games. I got to give him that. That's it. We shall That's it. see, he, man. He, he, he has a mindset. When you start watching him, he's a little bit like a punter or a kicker. Like, they're weird. Yeah. Most yeah, of them yeah. are weird. Quinn, you're saying? No, no, I'm talking about up there. Oh. I, I went back to Harbaugh right there. Oh, I'm going still, back, go back to Jim. Yeah, I'm going go back, back to, to Jim. Jim yeah. he, he's like a punter or a kicker, though. So, you enjoy that up there. Hey, you know what, B bitch, I'll say this. It, they needed this in the worst way, man. They they <laughs> needed somebody to come in and say, All right. Like especially like this is the AFC West. These these matchups against Andy Reid and Sean Payton are Ooh, gonna be like get yes, your popcorn man. ready. Cause cause Jim's not scared of Sean Payton. He 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 doesn't fear Andy Reid. The Chiefs have been the, the, the class of this division for so long. You just wonder if, you know, over the next couple of years. Maybe this thing could flip a little bit, and, and and Jim can take the reins at some point. Um, real quick, last one, and you don't have to answer this if you don't want to. How thick are Jim Harbaugh's glasses? I was shocked when I saw those joints in person. Oh, he's the best. <laughs> I, I, I've, I've listened his whole vibe from what he says to uh, how he approaches things. I mean, he's hilarious. Like. I, you know, they just they just brought on Nick Hardwick, former Chargers legend, as the uh, assistant offensive line coach. So, I mean, he's put together a heck of a staff. Um, I, I told I, I do this Chargers weekly podcast. Um, the, the last two months during during the search because it, it started so early when they let Staley go. Um, option one was Jim Harbaugh. Option two was Jim Harbaugh, and option three was Jim Harbaugh. Like among the fans, like I was I was nervous. Like if they didn't get Jim Harbaugh, honestly, because it, it seemed like it was like a hundred percent united that this guy was going to be the head coach. So they got their guy for sure. They got their guy, Chris. Thank you for Hi, making Chris. time, man. Take I really care, appreciate it, dude. You guys are the best, man. Thank you, man. All right, that's my guy, Chris Hare. Give him a follow on X at Chris Hare H A Y R E. When we come back, Ben White joins us. We got a little bit more Commanders coaching news. Somebody that didn't get it. And frankly, I was hoping would. I'll tell you what I mean when we come. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. This is a hell of a love song. I used to love her.
You think Ben White will understand that we're not playing his walk-up music because it's Valentine's Day? Yeah, we told him to pick the number. Oh, he got to pick this. All right, mm-hmm. great. Uh, joining us now is our friend, Mr. Ben White. Ben, congratulations. You picked GNR, I Used to Love Her, as your Valentine's Day walk-up song. And I can still hear her complain. Yeah. Man, I love that song, dude. Yeah, they do complain yeah. a lot. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> That's um, one thing that goes down on Valentine's Day. You're going to either they, you're gonna complain. Uh, right. I'm, let me shut up right now. Yeah, I think you should. Well, you know what they say? I'll say this, BMS, and I'm with you because it is a headache. And let me tell you, woman that I'm seeing today, Valentine's Day, tomorrow is her birthday. I got back to back. Oh, Bro. dude. Let me just say this here. I am. I want women to know, Valentine's Day is not just for y'all. Men, men want love too. Get it right. But well, how about that? So do you have to do something tonight and tomorrow. No, buy a card today, and then you do whatever good tomorrow, Ben. I deal with the yeah, same yeah. thing, no, brother. I'm taking her to Mexico on a nice oh. trip. Like I'm doing oh, a real thing. Well, don't, don't, that's uh, awesome. Don't, don't talk around me and yeah. JP's people. Yeah, I hope Lauren's not listening. Uh, not today, but gotcha. uh, but soon, like next week or so. Uh, but it's still a lot of pressure. And pretty, but I agree on Valentine's Day. There's nothing that says it's just a ladies' day. I mean, yeah, I, I I'm like with that. chocolate. But I'll yeah, tell I you like what, I woke too. up. I like chocolate. I like, yeah, chocolate's good. I woke up with four cookies next to my head, so she's taking care of me today. Mm-hmm. Now I got to go get some. Well done, well done. Yeah. Um, hey. Dude, so the Commanders have filled out their coaching staff yeah. probably since the last time we talked. Last week we yeah. were at the Super Bowl. Um, are you feeling better, different, whatever today than you did maybe when Dan, the Dan Quinn news broke? Yeah, I mean, it looks like they filled it out pretty well. Like Dan Quinn didn't light the world on fire for me, but I know he's talented. I know he's done good work and. Dallas and, uh, you know, a solid, reliable, experienced head coach um, put some good people around him. It seems like I haven't followed every, like, coordinator and like you guys do, um, but uh, it seems like a decent mix of people. What's what's happening at uh, offensive coordinator? I, I just saw that Biennemi was – he's out, right? Biennemi's out. Cliff Kingsbury is in, and they just actually announced – they uh, most recently with the Niners, but previously head coach for the Chargers, Anthony Lynn – will join the staff right. probably as a run game coordinator, assistant head coach, some role like that. So yeah. I mean, they, they've now got two former head coaches on their offensive staff. Um, yeah. They added the kid, Brian Johnson from the Eagles, who was their OC, um, who I think basically got scapegoated by Nick Sirianni. Uh, but Johnson's been really good at developing young quarterbacks. I Really, that's what we need. I mean, one of the two that we're looking at, right? We need somebody that can uh, coach them up real quick. What do you think? So, Cliff Kingsbury spent last year at Southern Cal with Caleb Williams, and there's yeah. been some suggestion, and, and a lot right. of this is coming from like unsubstantiated places, but that Washington would consider moving up to go get Caleb Williams. Yeah. Would you want that. them to go from two to one? Oof, that's a tough one, and I, I, you know, I spent my time not thinking that was a possibility. So watching film of uh, of Drake May, um, and who's the other guy again? I'm blanking on the Jayden name. Daniels. Daniels, right? The two of them. So I, you know, I don't know what how much a leap there is to Caleb. Obviously, the the connection of the coach is, is something. But well, I mean, what do you give up to to move up to one? You still probably. I mean, it's a crapshoot. Anybody for at this day and age. I don't know how big a difference is between those three players. Um, 
how massive a difference. And if you're giving up the rest of your – how many first-rounders do they have? I mean, that's the thing. You don't know, but I don't want them to, frankly. I, I don't I just, want them to either. I, I'm, what I'm saying to you in a very uh, inarticulate way is it doesn't make <laughs> sense. Uh, if it were, you know, an absolute deadlock number one that everybody in the world knew was going to be – uh, you know, the next Patrick Mahomes are close to it. Sure, fine. Uh, deal whatever you want. Drop every pick you got and roll the dice. Because as we saw on Sunday, the difference maker on the field, the reason the Chiefs won two Super Bowls, not completely Patrick Mahomes, but when it comes down to winning time, that's the guy. If you have somebody like that, dump draft picks, go get the winning guy. Let's take back six years ago, though. It wasn't yeah. definitely that Pat Mahomes was going to be that guy. That's true. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> You're, yeah, it makes the point. So, no, I wouldn't. I, I, you need too many needs uh, in other places, too much similarity between those top three. You're going to get a great quarterback out of that, hopefully, God willing. Uh, I would not. I, I think you're 100% right. Um, all right. I want to switch gears to a, a couple of different things. For oh. um, Everybody can follow Ben at Economy Ben on Twitter and yep. Instagram. Um, for, I'd say, six weeks, maybe even going back to before Christmas, you were kind of telling us that that you did not expect. Ben's area of expertise is clearly money, money. federal policy, yeah. Wall Street, Lots politics, of all of it. You were telling us yeah. not to expect rates to go down as quickly as everybody hoped, and that mm-hmm. eventually there was probably some level of, of stock correction coming. Yeah. Um, yeah. You were right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it Rates are going down, and well, I don't know what happened to the SEP yesterday, but it, 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 I know it had a rough day. 100%. Get us yeah. updated. Yeah, so, I mean, it is. I hate – well, I shouldn't say that. I don't hate it. I love it to say I told you so. So I'll just say <laughs> I told you so. Um, it, you know, what happened was inflation numbers came out yesterday, uh, consumer price index. Uh, was at 3.1% for the year. People expected it to be under 3 so it overshot. Uh, higher inflation than expected. Uh, and then the month-to-month inflation number was 0.4%, which is way too high because obviously that's just one month. Multiply it by 12 for 12 months, you get close to 5% inflation, which is the opposite direction. That was for January? Right? Going back up. That was for January. Yeah. Damn. You can yeah. kind of talk so around it if it's back. Christmas, right, and everybody's buying stuff, yeah. but January right. is when people usually save. Exactly. Uh, so not a great number. I mean, there there are some quirky things about it that could make it an outlier. There was a big increase in housing shelter costs that didn't make a lot of sense. But the problem with it is there's a bunch of prices, and you guys probably notice this in your day-to-day life, that kind of came down for a while, like um, airline fares, uh, hotels, entertainment in general, restaurants, bars. And it stopped coming down, uh, and it's kind of stuck at uh, 3% annual rate of inflation, which is too much. I mean, it's faster than people's wages go up. That's why the Fed wants 2%. That's why I said before, look, it's tough. You can go from 9% inflation to wherever we are now you know, with a bunch of rate hikes. But when you get down to the last mile from 3% to 2% and inflation starts to get really sticky and hard to deal with, they're not going to cut right away. Wall Street thought they were. They were ready to cut in March. Not going to happen. Stocks go down. Uh, Stocks are less valuable when the Fed is raising interest rates because companies can't borrow money and grow and thrive. That's how the economy works. So that's what happened. Inflation came in worse than expected. Everybody freaked out that the Fed's not going to be able to cut rates right away and maybe not until late in the year. Um, I don't think it's a disaster. I just was what I was trying to write about and say was people should 
you know, get a little less excited about this. Now they probably are. Still could be in, you know, for rate cuts in June, July, August, particularly if other numbers that follow this one don't confirm it. You know, like you can't rely on one data point. It's a big data point, but we get more inflation data at the end of the month and then obviously uh, months going forward. If we resume the downward trend in inflation and the economy is still, you know, doing okay, uh, then I wouldn't worry about it. But I, I expected this to happen, and here it is. You know what's remarkable is, like, everybody was expecting the rate cut already to have happened, and they're like, oh, it might be March. And now you're saying summertime. June, like, June is, like, the earliest. How, how um, much? You know, is it possible it just doesn't happen? How much of a cut? Yeah. yeah. A quarter point would be how much they would cut at the next meeting. It would be amazing if they would cut more. They only cut more if we're going into or in a bad recession, you know, to get the economy going again. So it would be a quarter point. Um, and it's no guarantee in June at all. Like, March is now off the table. Uh, I think markets price June as like a 40% possibility. And it could be that it doesn't happen at all and that inflation sticks to the point that they have to hike again. Wow. You know, I was on TV last night on MSNBC, Steph Rule's show, talking about this. Like, it's not inconceivable that uh, inflation reaccelerates in certain areas oh. and they have to raise again. So, I hopefully that doesn't happen, but it's not impossible. Damn. Scaring us, man. You're scaring yeah. us. Yeah. Uh, that sucks. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, like I'm saying, it's, it's, it's a less likely scenario, you know? Yeah. Because it's just one data point. It's a big one and a reliable one, but. Um, and if there's some other indications that it's probably uh, accurate, uh, but it's too soon to panic on, on that front. And, you know, one rate hike would not absolutely destroy the world. It's not what we want. Uh, it'll make the economy probably go into recession for a little bit. But uh, like I said before, they'd choose that over allowing inflation to stick around. All right. Well, then can I, I, I want to get to a personal level here. Um, yeah. I'm going to say something that you may not be allowed to say. You got Go absolutely bleeped. You got hosed. Yeah. You got screwed. Um, you had a great job at Politico. You. Yeah. I, this is me from the outside guessing. You were enticed by this new company that was going to spend a billion dollars and change the world, and then they pulled the plug on you guys. And I, I, I am sorry and bleep yeah. the messenger as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, bleep the messenger. You can you can say it. I'll say it. I, I mean, I you know <laughs> I was told things that turned out not to be true, um, and the guy operated the place in a way that was irresponsible, uh, spending money that was uh, out of control and things that we didn't need. Uh, the strategy and execution was uh, terrible, and then he thought he had other investors lined up and kind of lied to people about that, so it's a mess. We don't have to get that deep into it on, on your show. It's not of that much interest to Washington sports fans, but, yeah, it sucks. It still sucks. Um, and, you know, listen, now I don't have to at least do a, a disclaimer about Josh Harris anymore because he was the – second biggest investor and i don't want to uh slam him on this because i have no idea his level of involvement any of it other than his initial investment and i can't blame the man if he went if jimmy came to him Finkelstein, i'm talking about the uh main investor of the messenger and looked at the books and said sorry this thing's failing i'm not putting any more money in you know i wonder why he didn't you know maybe one day we'll find out somebody will report it out but he definitely didn't uh but yeah uh real bummer of an experience. Thankfully, I'm okay. I've got, you know, TV gigs. I've got several job offers. Um, you know, I worry more about the younger staffers. Uh, we set up a GoFundMe for them and go look for that. It's on my Twitter page at Economy Ben if you're interested. Um, and 
making sure those people can get health insurance and can feed their families. Yeah, uh, indeed. Um, I don't know that anybody listens to me, but I used to get your newsletter from Politico. They should just hire you back. I think it's kind of simple. <laughs> yeah, they could, or I could go solo, man. Substack is the way Ooh. of the future. Can I get a free um, subscription a of... to the Substack? <laughs> <laughs> uh, here we go. It's man, the man need all the money. He wants the money. Uh, I, I got to make the money, but the price line will be low uh, for uh, a monthly, and there'll be friends and family discounts, but that's where the money is right now. As somebody who has often thought about going solo in the content business, I wish you all the luck in the world. Ben, thank you for making thank time you, for brother. us. All right, Ben. As Take always, care, man. Happy Valentine's Day, my Valentine's. All right, man. Thank you, Ben. <laughs> ben White, my Valentine's the one and only. Follow him at Economy Ben. He told us this was going to happen. Sure enough, it happened. Denton Day at 1 o'clock. Breaking news on the B. Mitch and Finley program. Uh, it was an intense negotiation with his agent, his publicist, his PR handler. Uh, but we were able to book the rooster, Brian. Really? Uh, this How is much the, is costing us? Uh, we'll, t- we'll discuss that off air. Um, this was Rooster's love song pick, Tainted yeah. Love. Yeah. I don't know who sings this. Soft Cell. Soft Cell, of course. It's a good tune, though. It's a good song. Nothing says love like Tainted Love. Um, speaking of tainted things, Rooster, go ahead and let B. Mitch know what you brought in for everybody today. Well... <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing tainted, let's start with that, about what I brought in. But because it's Valentine's Day and because I love all of you and because you're always saying that I'm coming over here only and specifically to get your food, which is not true. Not I said, the truth, though, Bruce. Uh, it's not true. Um, I, I said I, I, the other day you had wings. I didn't, I, I didn't get any. I didn't ask for any. I didn't One want time. any. You what could have you? had some. But I brought in a... Uh, what do you call those? A, uh, a you know one of those plastic dome container type things of wings that I cooked up late Sunday night because I had extra wings, so I baked them, seasoned them, of course, uh, and with a little brown sugar, um, brown sugar we, something kind of from Weber delicious. Grill, just, and, and then I, I met, fried them and I brought them in. Well, just real quick, yeah. When did you cook these? Late Sunday night. They've what? been in the refrigerator. What day so is today? Safe. Today is Wednesday. So he's offering us three-day-old wings. No, 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 no. Three-day-old would be tonight at approximately 10 o'clock, 10.30, when I cook them on Sunday night. So he, I They have, have been in the refrigerator. Listen, they have been under I protective eat control. Stuff. I eat stuff. I'm not too worried JP about it. one-week-old stuff. Yeah, yeah, I'm not too worried he's about it. He's trying it. But the rest of the boys are concerned, okay? Wait. Landfill's concerned? Ask him yourself. Landfill, are you concerned about the food that I've prepared for you? I think that you got upset about us claiming that your show starts at 2 o'clock for all these months, and now you're trying to give us food poisoning. <laughs> I mean, I mean, listen, what better way to celebrate Valentine's Day than to have you guys all crap in your pants? It's just That's vile, Bruce. I won't be eating nothing now. <laughs> um, I, there's also... Here's here's where I land on a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I I believe people can do what they want. I'm a libertarian at heart, right? But I want people to tell the truth. Mm-hmm. And you said something there that is clearly untrue. That you prepared these wings for us. Mm-hmm. Now, you prepared these wings Sunday night. Yeah. If they were for us, you would have brought them in Monday. You prepared these wings for some reason. And by Wednesday, you're like, oh, whatever that reason is, ain't coming home. 
So let's take the wings to work. No. So well, Who, well, what's he, her name? It, she it, told you no. No, 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 no. It has nothing to do with anybody. <laughs> so here's the deal. It has to do with something. No, all right. Here, here's the deal. If you want to know the truth, buying wings at a restaurant is absurdly out of this world expensive, right? To get them at a restaurant, whatever restaurant, they're like a dollar fifty, a dollar seventy-five a wing, right? I, I'm just not doing that. I'm not giving into their stupid price gouging games. So I bought frozen wings for uh, it was like ten dollars a bag for like four pounds or whatever it was, a giant last week, and I kept them in my freezer. And then I cooked some, but I didn't cook them all until after the game on Sunday night. And I said, hmm. Let me cook these, and I'll bring them to work so that the boys can on share. Wednesday. But I forgot them on Monday and Tuesday because, JP, I'm so busy trying to make sure that I perfect my craft and that I deliver the goods and the merchandise on the air At that o'clock. I forgot to deliver the goods and the merchandise off the air. Oh, Landfill, okay. um, as, as the chief BS officer of the program, uh, <laughs> we, we're all aware that Professor Landini has a mm-hmm. Ph.D. in spotting BS, BSology, yes. Yes. Um, the CBSO. Landfill, do you at all buy that story that, that the rooster cooked the wings Sunday night to bring to us and forgot about them until Wednesday? He probably couldn't carry it because he had those bags he'd bring He's got all the diet cream soda. (laughs) That's a fair point. Here's what happened. The rooster is well known to buy in bulk because he loves deals. He bought way too many chicken wings than he could possibly comprehend. He made these wings for himself, but he realized that he probably bought 10 pounds of wings and no man could consume that many wings over a period of days. That he just said, screw it, I've got to get rid of these. I know some some people that I don't really like very much at work, and I'll try to you know, punish them. You know, if I didn't piss off the entire bottom half of the Commonwealth of Virginia yesterday in this That's slot, true. You sure I did. probably should have sent it down to them, right? But Maybe instead, that could be your I brought gift. it to you guys. Send the wings to Roanoke. Just what? One, two, three Main Street, Roanoke, Virginia. Send them the wings. Maybe they'll take you back. I, by the way, whoever does the Instagram for B. Mitch and Finley uh, got me like, I don't know, 15 new followers and a bunch of people telling me to go bleep myself. So Whoa. congratulations. I, you know, yeah. yeah uh, it's good news. Yeah. It's half good news. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, Jeff, if B- you can, Bumblebee. Jeff, go grab me a wing. I'll eat it live on air. Um, are you really not going to eat one, Landfill? I already ate lunch. I had a delicious sandwich. I had a. I'm on this soup thing. Soup ain't getting it done. B, mm-hmm. are you gonna eat a three day old wing? I'm on a, a program right now. B Mitch is on a program. I mean, it's a lean program. protein, sort of. It's B-Mitch, definitely not lean protein. B Mitch right. is on the don't get food poisoning program. Um, <laughs> here's my question. I, I guess, Landville, do you believe I'm like, going to eat it? Like I believe that Rooster made a boatload of wings. Has eaten nothing but wings for three days and is finally so tired of wings that he brought the le- the rest of them into the office. Yes, that's exactly what happened. It's, that, except you believe it's that's not what true. happened, Brian? Except it's not true. All right. I think well, he, he, built, he, he cooked a lot of them. And then after a while, he said, I'm not going to eat the rest of these. Let me take it to these jokers. What, what kind of wing am I about to eat? It's just a straight-up buffalo wing with a little brown sugar seasoning uh, from Weber Grill or Weber Grill, whatever that company is, uh, and then I uh, finished it off in the fryer. All right, here we go. I baked it, and then I finished it off in the fryer. And it is to- I-, I had one already today, so they're not poisoned. They're not, you know, anything. I- I'm not saying they're anything special. 
I'm just I was trying to be a nice guy, zippy, zippy, which I I, I know is a hard thing to believe. Mm-hmm. They're pretty yeah. good. The only thing uh, I would his, say, his producer just came and told him, "You got a damn show over here." Yeah, he's got an hour and three minutes. He got um, three minutes. If, three minutes and forty something. Now I like these; these are good. But if B. Mitch was to have them, he might say there's not enough seasoning. And that's more than fair. I I try not to over season because people then complain that it's over season. First of all, you giving somebody some food to hell with them. They eat with the, whatever you cook, when, and when they fair. adjust to it. When Wild Card Scotty brought in the Popeyes, first thing you did was yell at him that he didn't I get just spicy. Told him, Why did you get spicy? I uh-huh. asked the question. I didn't. I, as I was asking the question, what was I doing? Eating, eating it. it. No, uh, I mean when you made the what was it? The gumbo or oh, cream, I'm, uh, make, what, what, I'm making it how I want to make it. I, don't care I what mean, no. Says. I mean, it, yeah. it had a great spice to it. I mean, it was a little bit spicy, but it was it had a great spice to it. You, it's it's a fair critic. Like that is a much more fair criticism that I did not make it flavorful enough. As opposed well, to trying to poison you guys. I didn't say guys. that. I'm just saying what B would say if he had them. Okay. Um, Rooster, serious question for you. Yes. If I continued to ask you questions past 1 o'clock, would, would you, you continue them? to stay here and answer them? <laughs> probably so. Uh, probably not because Matt would then uh, probably try to fire me, me from my own point. show. Uh, thank you, Rooster. Thank you, boys. Thank you for I the do. wing. I'm eating it. Well, that's good. Hopefully uh, you don't get sick. Denton Day joins us next. <laughs> College Hoops Roundup. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates Father's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 